Hey guys, let me get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. To get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You guys can find the podcast on YouTube and you can listen to the podcast anywhere you can get your podcast. We're just so thankful that you guys are with us today. Um, you can check out the merch. So let's go check that out. We've got some new stuff coming out and we've got some new stuff out there right now. So we're working on some designs today. So we really appreciate you guys uh, checking out. Uh, the merch. And also, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash when scriptures become real and you can support the podcast there as well. So I'm not in the studio. And today's podcast is just going to be audio. So my car is actually in the shop. So I'm I'm sitting here at my kitchen table kind of recording. So I'm going to switch it up and pull the audible here. Uh, So the the topic that we were going to do um, I'm, I'm going to save it. If you're looking forward to it, I promise we'll get back to it. I promise we will. All right. So we'll get back to that. But um, I want to save that for when we can do something in the studio. So we're going to do a little audible today and hopefully this can help you. And I think as we talk about this and conversate today and study, I really think that this could, this topic will be able to help you guys too. So this question that I'm about to ask, it might sound weird. It might sound awkward, but just kind of roll with me here. When was the last time somebody said, I believe in you and what you're doing? So it might take a little bit, but think about as you're trying to help yourself. As maybe you're trying to help your family, you know, your kids, you know, maybe you're trying to, you know, work for the Lord and become better for him. And and maybe you're trying to do these things and maybe these endeavors and these ambitions that you have, you're trying to work towards those goals. And as you're working for these things and as you're trying to become a better person and improve and and do things for other people that you care about, it's almost like you keep running into this brick wall or you keep running into these obstacles. It's kind of like those video games where you're kind of running on a straight path and then these obstacles just pop off off the ground and then people start throwing stuff from the top of the trees. And it's just like, what's going on? You know, it's almost like you hit that obstacle every single time. But as you're going through that and as you're hurdling these things and you fall and you get back up and you've got scratches on you and you've got bruises on you and and, and things get difficult and, and you just keep getting up and keep trying to walk through and keep hurdling these challenges that keep coming in your life. When's the last time, though, somebody said, I believe in you and and I believe in what you're doing? This 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 question actually sparked. I'm gonna give my my friend a shout out here. Is actually sparked from a conversation I had with a friend of mine, probably about two weeks ago now, maybe a week ago. Um, Tucker Wallace from the Authentic Christian, and he's been a friend of mine that I've been able to to get to know. And 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 Scott from the Authentic Authentic Christian, we we went to school together, and and Aaron from GBN. I appreciate those guys. Um, but I was having a conversation with Tucker and as Tucker and I are talking, um, you know, I'm talking to him about some editing stuff and podcast stuff and just kind of picking his brain on some stuff. And as we as we, you know, keep talking, 
Tucker's like, man, I believe in what you're doing, man. Like you're helping people. Like I believe in you and what you're doing. And I believe in what can happen for you. And I believe in these opportunities. I mean, God is so great and he's going to help you and he's going to do all these things for you. Man, I just believe in what you're doing. I, I just believe in you. You know, and, and it was it was weird. Like it was great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not. And I know the difference between like um, speaking life into somebody and flattery. And what he was saying was not flattery. What he was saying was legit, and I, I appreciate him for that. But when you think about it, you know, obviously, and it's a wonderful thing to hear that that from your family and from from others, and and that's wonderful because you know they mean so much to you and and to me. And but you know you have this connotation sometimes. Well, you're supposed to believe that, you know. But you think about you know as you walk through life with other people, when's the last time? Someone told you, man, I believe in you. Like, I believe in what you're doing. You know, sometimes we kind of speak light on speaking life into somebody. And that's real. Like, it's a real thing to speak life into somebody. Not to say that you go around telling people that everything that they do, they're always the best thing since sliced bread. And they, they can never do wrong. And they're always this. And they're always great. And Every time they do a great job, like I'm not talking about stuff like that, but I'm talking about you see somebody struggling, you see somebody working, you see somebody building, you see somebody following the dream that they have, you see somebody working for the Lord, trying to do their best, trying to get better, even though they're overcome with difficulties and trials and all these things, but they keep being persistent, like they keep going. You know, like nothing kind of knocks them down. They may be down for a little bit, but they just they keep getting up and trying to work towards working for the Lord and having that, that type of spiritual ambition for them and their family and their future family and all this stuff. And you see that and you are the one that tells him, man, I believe in you. Like, I believe in what you're doing. Guys, I think that's important as as Christians, as we help our families and we say that for our families and we say that for our loved ones, but we should also say that for our brethren. I think that's important. And I think that's kind of like a lost, I think it's a lost art. And I, I want to be careful with this because we don't want to, we don't want to border on the line of flattery. We want to border on the line of, of speaking life into and aiding and helping people. And so when you think about speaking life into somebody, a part of it is saying, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. I believe in where you can go. Like, I really, I really have belief in what you're doing. But also a part of speaking life into someone is also when you see them not on the right path, when you see them not doing what's right, you're there. Hey, man, you're more than this. Hey, you're better than this. Hey, I know you can do more. You can be better. Challenge yourself. You know, <clears throat> this is weird. I, I know. Just kind of roll with me. We're pulling. We're pulling an elbow here, but this. This is. But I think it'll. It'll correlate to what we're going to talk about and study today. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Lion King. I love it. I've always loved The Lion King. And one part that always, it kind of deepens as you grow older, is remember when Simba left, and he had two sets of friends. One set was Nala. The other set was Timon and Pumbaa, right? And remember Timon and Pumbaa, what did they speak to him? 
well, it's all good. You know, life is all good. Hakuna Matata, all this stuff, you know, eat what you don't need to eat. <laughs> you know, just just enjoy life. Just in, just enjoy what life is. You've already been through too much. You lost your dad. You're not going to go back. All these things happen. You're not going to take over. So just enjoy life here. We're your friends. We believe in you, right? But then you had Nala, who she gave a different message. She didn't say, hey, things are all good. She initially, she initially said, yeah, I miss you. But she said, man, what are you doing? Why are you eating this stuff? Why are you why are you out here? You need to come back here. You're the king. But you're over here acting like you don't have responsibilities. So sometimes what we can do is we can confuse speaking life into people with flattery. So sometimes we can say things that will just make people feel good, which that's a part of it. You want to encourage folks. But if you just stay in that lane, that's not going to help them grow. But then also we can just say things and just be military with people. And that's not going to help people either. So you see why we have to be balanced. So then at the end, Simba said, look, I need both of you. I want you, Nala, in helping me. But I also want you, Timon and Pumbaa, for helping me to become something better too. So I need all of you together. So here's the thing about God. When we study the scripture, doesn't God encourage you? Doesn't God say in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that he's the God of all comfort? Doesn't God through David tell us in Psalm chapter 23 that he leads us beside the still waters, that he never leaves, that he's our shepherd? Doesn't David tell us in Psalm chapter 1 that the Lord is there with us and the Lord loves us, that the Lord is our shield, he is our defender, that he's our friend? Doesn't he tell us all that? That's great stuff, isn't it? But doesn't the Bible also say <clears throat> that God is a jealous God, that the Lord is a God of wrath, that the Lord is our judge as well? So here's what the Lord is trying to do to us. Just as Tucker talked to me that day and he said, man, I believe in what you're doing. But hey, you might want to change this. Hey, check this out. Hey, see if you can go this way. Sometimes the Lord is doing us doing the same thing. So I think speaking life and just saying this simple phrase, I believe in you and what you're doing. I think that can change some people's lives that are around you. And you really got to mean it too. Like you really got to mean it. Don't just say it just to just to say it. Like you really have to mean, I believe in what you're doing. You know, just side note, there's also a great song. You know, I like to name drop songs on here. Go list after this, go listen to a song called I Believe in You. By Joe and NSYNC. It'll get you right. <laughs> Especially if you, if you like that R&B too. It'll get you right. <laughs> It'll get you right. So as we talk about I believe in you and what you're doing. Here's one thing that we have to have in our relationship with God. We have to have belief. We got to have belief. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. And I think this is also kind of a, um, a, a missing gem of Christianity too. So Hebrews chapter 11, and I want you to notice um, verse number six. So again, verse one tells us what faith is. Verse two tells us what we can understand through faith. Verse four through five tells us who use faith. And then verse six tells us what we need to do with it. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
for he that cometh to God. So if we want to have that relationship with him, what must we do for God? God, I believe in you. Let's stop right there. Think about your issues and your problems and your struggles and your hurdles and the things that you face and that you're going to potentially face. When is the last time to be real? We always want somebody to say, like we talked about before today, we always want somebody to say, man, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. I believe in your dreams and your ambitions and where you're trying to go. But when is the last time if we say we have a relationship with God like we say we do? According to verse verse six, when is the last time we told God, yeah, I know things look crazy right now, but God, I believe in you. And I believe in what you can do. You know what it takes to even say that? Faith. You see why faith is so important for us, guys? And you see why we always try to infuse faith with everything that we talk about in our podcast? Like I tell people all the time that I've met before, that I've known before. I always tell people I want to be annoying with it because you need it that bad. When is the last time because of your faith? Regardless of your situation and how things look, God, I believe in you. And, and here's the thing about belief. Um, the Lord is so merciful to us, man. And he's been, and according to verse six, he's been, he's been merciful to me. And when you think about belief, notice what it says. He that cometh to God. So how do we come to God? How do we come to him? Through prayer. So when we come to God through prayer, and when you say a prayer about things, and and I've caught myself doing this too. When you pray for others, for yourself, for, for other things, for the nation, for all these things, when you say amen after that prayer, you know amen means let it be so. So, After you say that, amen, do you verbally say, let it be so to God, but then in your heart, you do like Sarah did in Genesis chapter 16 or Genesis chapter uh, 20 and you laugh. Remember, if you go back to that text, let's look at that real quick. Actually, Genesis 18, Genesis 18, I'm sorry. But you look at that and remember when Sarah was promised a son in verse 12, Sarah laughed within herself. So all these things are happening. And as you're asking God, imagine as you're talking with God and you ask him in tears and and, and a penitent heart and all these things, you ask him to help you out. But then within your own heart, (laughs) I gave it all that I had, but I just don't see it. I prayed for this long. I just don't see it. I prayed that this would happen. I just don't see it. Then guess what you lack? Because you don't believe in God. You lack faith. We lack faith. You see why speaking life is important? Because what does God want us to do for him? My son, my daughter, I need you to believe in me. Well, you don't understand. It's been hard to believe in God. Because as I've been believing in him, more hurdles have actually come. More problems has actually come. I've lost more and I failed more. So Jordan, this is not this is not a good process. Here's what we have to get out of our minds when we talk about believing in God. You have to get out of your mind that when you truly believe in him and what he can do, that because you truly believe, then things are going to get easier for you. 
That's not the case. And that's not consistent with scripture. It's not. So you think about Job chapter one, where Job had the seven sons and three daughters and he went to their houses all the time and he sacrificed for them. So Job believed, right? So when all that stuff happened to Job, then did he stop believing? Job said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Job understood. Job believed God. You remember with Paul on the shipwreck? And what did he tell those people that were panicking on the, on the boat? Brethren, don't fear, for I believe God. Here's the thing that it boils down to for us, guys. Do you really believe God? Do you really believe that God has the power to help you and to provide you with the things that you need? And the things that you need may not look like and look the way that you want them to look. But are do you believe that he can provide it? He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And if we're connecting belief with the same sentence structurally, he must believe that he is. And he must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So guys, how long for you? And just answer this as we're talking together. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're just listening as you're studying with me. How many years have you been trying to diligently seek him and haven't found anything? Or or like the or like how we like to say you haven't found haven't found squat. <laughs> you haven't found anything. It's almost like sometimes there's no answers. There's no, I guess the best thing I can explain it or the best way, it's kind of like you feel like you're in a hamster wheel. And sometimes we can confuse um, movement with progress. And sometimes you're moving, right? You're going fast, you're working hard, but you're not really moving. You're not really moving. And you've been diligently trying to seek him and seek him and seek him and seek him and seek him. So maybe you've actually been putting in the physical work to seek him, but where's your belief level at? Did you know that believing in God is working? <laughs> That's crazy. Believing in God is actually working. And if I'm being honest, there has been times for me personally where I did not believe God. To be honest with you, I did not. I saw, I saw the environment. I saw how things were. I saw how things were going. I said, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's done. <clears throat> I lost the belief. And think about Job for a second. Why did, what was the soul? If you go back, look at this, y'all. Go back to Job chapter one. What was the sole reason why Satan wanted to attack Job? Was it just because Satan all Satan is tactical. So what was the specific reason and why Satan wanted to attack him? Why? Because if you look back at the text in chapter one, I want you to look at um, I want you to look at verse number 11. Or actually, let's look at verse 10. Have you not made a hedge around Job and about his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But watch verse 11. 
But if you put forth your hand now, talking to God, and you touch all that he has, he will curse you to the face. Why did Satan want Job to be attacked initially? I want to see this man lose his belief in you. If you cause him to lose all of these things, he won't believe in you anymore. Do you know why Satan allows things to happen and things are taken and God allows things to happen? Because Satan is attacking you and me as he attacked Job. I want Jordan. I want put your name there. I want these things and these losses and these failures and these hurdles and these things that they have to go through. I want them to stop believing in you. Why does Satan attack us so hard, guys? Number one, he attacks us so hard because he's already lost. Oh, death, where's I sting? He's already lost. So what's his best shot? His best shot to us is if I can get him or her to stop believing in the power of God and that God can actually reward him or her for diligently seeking him, I got him. That's the best I could do. That's all I need to do. And what's faith? What is the crux of it, guys? Belief. So maybe you're at a spot in your life right now where your intentions are right with God. To be real, your intentions are legit. They are actually right with God. But your belief is off. I'm saying this, and I guess what I'm trying to do, guys, for myself and for you, I'm trying to speak life into you. If that's the case, Satan's got us, man. If our, if, if our intention with God is right, but if we truly don't believe that God is a rewarder and that God is and that he is the I am and that he is the same God that split the Red Sea. He's the same God that helped Moses, the same God who helped Abram, the same God who helped Christ. If we don't believe that, we're done. We're done. So do you see why belief is so important? And think about this, guys. You know, you think about our God. And we are just. I guess the only word I can come up with right now is or phrase. We're, we're beyond blessed to serve our God. We're beyond it. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy. And here's why. You know, his mercy the Bible says, endures forever. There's so many verses and there's so many places that we can go about mercy. But here's where I want to go with it. This is how merciful our God is. Think about the things that the Lord has helped you with. And think about the things that the Lord has brought you through. You know, I think about Isaiah chapter 63. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord. And the praises of the Lord, according to all the Lord has bestowed upon us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed according to his mercies and according to the multitude. Notice the multitude of his loving kindness. Here's the thing about it, guys, and maybe you can relate to this. Here's how merciful God is. 
God is so merciful to us and he's helped us and he's delivered us even in moments we didn't believe. Why does he do that? To show his mercy and his loving kindness. I can't speak for you guys, but there's things for me. There's things that I didn't have a year ago, two years ago that I have now that I didn't believe I could have. I truly didn't believe it, to be honest with you. I truly didn't believe that I could have it. But because of his mercies, it's not because of me and or my smarts or I, I mean, I'm nothing. I really am. I'm really nothing. But even in my. It's almost even in my disbelief in that it could happen. He still provided it. You know, I think about the Lord with um, with the children of Israel. They, you know, you think about the, the wanderings that they went through in the wilderness. <clears throat> and you think about all those things that happened with the children of Israel. They complain and they complain and they complain. But what did the Lord constantly show them? Mercy. Even when they worshiped other gods, yes. Even when they wanted to return back, yes. Even when they cursed God's leadership and, and tried to make a captain and tried to throw Moses out, yes. All of this happened. But God continued to show his mercies to them over and over and over. Here's why belief is so important, guys. Here's why in Romans 15, verse 4, the things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience of the scriptures might have hope. Here's why it's important to look back at the children of Israel. The children of Israel, they lacked one thing. They lacked belief. They lacked belief. Why? Well, how do you know that? Look at Hebrews chapter 3, guys. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. We're going to read 13 through 19. This is why this is important. So this is why it's important for us to exhort and to speak life into one another when we don't believe that things can happen for us. Verse 13. But exhort one another. Actually, let's go to verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you... A what? A evil heart of unbelief. So if our heart with God, guys, if we don't believe, how does God describe our hearts to be? Evil. That's that's insane. That's crazy. Our hearts are evil. And departing from the living God. Watch verse 13. So what should we do when we are when we see our brethren going through the hurdles that they're going through, whether by their decisions or whether by what God has allowed in their lives? What is so important for us to do to those brethren? Not to flatter them, not to tell them that they're the best thing since sliced bread and give them cotton candy words all the time, but exhort. Exhort one another daily. How do I exhort you? Brother, keep believing. Brother, keep challenging yourself. Brother, keep living right. Keep doing. I know things are hard. I know your situation hasn't changed for years. I exhort you to keep believing God. That's encouragement, guys. We've mixed up encouragement with saying cotton candy stuff. And that's why our brethren get mad at us. Because you can only take cotton candy for so long. But guess what, guys? Life keeps happening. 
And when life keeps happening and then people come to worship and all we say is cotton candy words to them, we never want to challenge them. And then we're mad and we get afraid because we think if we challenge them, then they won't like us anymore. If that's the case, that's the case. But notice verse 13. Verse 13 says, exhort one another daily. What? To to keep on believing God. So guess what, guys? Sometimes in some conversations, sometimes that looks like this. Hey, brother, I know you're going through this right now. Let's pray together. Keep believing in it. Keep believing in the Lord and what he can do for you. But maybe sometimes that exhorting looks like this. They've totally quit. They totally left. There's a rebelliousness there. Sometimes you're going to have to go and rescue them from the fire. So here's the thing, guys. In order to be a true encourager, you have to be courageous. Because when you encourage people, sometimes people will take you as the villain. They'll take you as the bad guy. But you got to be courageous to say it anyway. Well, we got to speak the truth in love. So if, if I see you walking across the street and I see a car coming 100 miles per hour and I say, love, I say get out the way in a soft voice, I said it in love, right? But guess what? You didn't get out the way. It's saying what God has said. And so many people are going to be hurt because of that, guys. And I'm not saying you got to walk around and say stuff and be a jerk. You don't have to be that. You don't have to be that guy. But you have to be willing to be courageous to encourage your brethren. Keep believing, bro. Keep believing, sis. Keep going. You got to be courageous. Verse 14 or verse 13. So exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold, if we hold what? The beginning of our confidence. Guess what that sounds like, guys? Belief. And we're steadfast with that belief unto the end. Verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, if you're hearing these words, these doesn't sound like cotton candy all the time, does it? So if you're willing to open up your mind and hear these words and not look at these things the wrong way, and you harden not your heart towards good people and the word, then notice verse 16. But some, when they heard these things, they provoked, they got mad because it wasn't nice enough. They got mad because it wasn't what they wanted to hear. How be it, verse 16, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved 40 years. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom he swore that they should not enter into his rest. Why, guys? But to them that believe not. So we see, verse 19. That they could not enter in because of unbelief. So watch the natural transition in the chapter four. So now, guys, let us fear. 
lest a promise being left to us that we enter into his rest, lest any of us come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. So guess what? Anytime the word is preached, guess what it is? It's truth. And so if you don't take truth because you don't like how it was said, whose fault is that? You see what I'm saying? So now look at this. But the word, when it was preached, it didn't even profit them because they didn't want to hear it. Not being mixed with faith with them that actually heard it. Watch verse three. But we that actually believed the exhortation, whether we liked it, whether we didn't like it, guess what? We believed it. We did it. We worked on it. We did what God said, not with what people said. We did it, whether it was comfortable or uncomfortable, whether I liked how it was said or not liked how it was said. I believed it because God said it. So because we believe, what were we able to do? Enter into his rest. You see why this is so important, guys, to believe? And you see why it's so important, guys, to take truth for what it is? You know, Jesus was the master teacher. And as you look at how Jesus taught, Jesus taught his disciples. And Jesus was, he was so perfect in how he taught. But anything that that man ever said, it was truth, regardless of how he said it. But too many times we split it into how he said it. Whatever he said, guys, was truth. And when truth is spoken, if it's not being followed, who is that on? You can try to blame it on how it was said. We can try to do that all day. But if truth is being spoken... Whose fault is it if we did not listen to truth? That's on me. That's on me, guys. You see why we have to take this personal? So, guys, in order to believe, guess what you're going to have to do? When you believe, sometimes you're going to have to listen to exhortation that you're not going to like. When you believe, sometimes you're going to have to listen to exhortation that you do like. But guess what? You believe you're going to do it. Guys, there's been stuff where people, parents have told me, other people have told me, guess what? I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Whether they said it in a nice tone or a not nice tone, I didn't want to do it. But guess what? Because you believe God, are you going to do it? Okay. You know what? You're right. Let me, let me switch this up. Let me change my attitude. Let me change how I need to start walking. Guys, God believes in you. He believes in you with everything that he's got. And so anything that's in the word of God, do not take it as evil, as mean, as unloving, as hurtful, as harsh. Why do we say stuff like that when it comes to God? I I truly can't. I can't grasp that concept of the word of God being harsh. I can't grasp it. So how are you supposed to say that the straight gate 
that those that walk that straight gate are going to go to the kingdom, according to Matthew. How do you say that nice? There's a way. Now, obviously, I understand you got to use tact. You can't just hammer people. That's evil. You can't just hammer them, right? Understanding. Understandable. And as you grow and as you learn and as you mature, yes, you get better with that. Because sometimes, you know, even as young men, you know, and, and younger people, you know, you, you get so zealous. But there's a way to teach. I understand that. So I'm not oblivious to that. But I can't understand if anything came from the mouth of God. It's not harsh. It's truth. It's truth. So here, what is he telling us to do? Whether you like to do it or whether you don't like to do it, here's the question that God is asking us. Do you believe it, though? If you believe it, you will do it. You will do it. God believes in you with everything, guys. And yes, sometimes when you believe in God, he's going to make you uncomfortable. Yes, when you believe in God, you're going to have to be the only one. Yes, when you believe in God, you're going to be looked at as a villain. Look at Moses. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill David. They killed Christ. So when you believe in God, you're going to be seen as that guy. But you're in good company. Okay? So don't worry about that. You're in good company. So the Lord believes in you. If it counts for anything, <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. But we got to help each other. We have to give true exhortation. Guys, if there's any way that I can help you guys, reach out. I know a lot of people have. Reach out. Let's, let's help each other. I believe in you. And I believe in what you're doing. And I believe in who you can become. Let us exhort one another daily. Let's do this, guys. Let's keep believing that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's do it. I, I really hope that I was able to help you guys. I, I'm sorry that, that was kind of an audible, but I really hope that you can enjoy that. Um, I needed that one. And I hope you needed it too. So, I mean, let's let's keep working on our hearts, Matthew chapter 5. Let's make sure our hearts aren't evil. Let's make sure that we believe. Let's make sure that that whether the truth sounds good to us or whether the truth challenges us, let's take it for what it is and let's just let's do what he says. So I appreciate you guys. Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs>